Blog Talk Radio. I hope you learn to make it on your own And if you let yourself just know you'll never be alone I hope that you get everything you want and that you chose I hope that it's the realest thing that you ever know Hope you get the pretty girls that's pretty at everything Million dollar cribs having million dollar dreams And when you get it all just remember one thing Remember one thing That one man could change the world one man could change the world All I, all I wanted was a hundred million dollars and a bad chick Imagine this a Muslim nights it felt like that I had it Back on the mattress, staring at the ceiling Try connecting dots but it's all making those attachments I'm talking dreaming so hard some nights it felt like draft day You know, my my stepbrother used to flip them bags outside the crib like it was trash day. No Kim K, buddy, bag day. But when you get it fast, money slow down, don't crash. With all the drive in the world, where you still need gas. Look, think about it. Close your eyes, dream about it. Tell your team about it. Go make million dollar schemes about it. Success is on the way, I feel it in the distance. Used to look up at the stars and be like, ain't too much that's different. I be shining, they be shining. Get you one shot, don't you miss it. What you know about waking up every day like you on a mission and I hope you learn to make it on your own and if you love yourself just know you'll never be alone I hope that you get everything you want and that's what you're hoping that's the realest thing that you ever know hope you get the pretty girls as pretty as everything million dollar careers have a million dollar dreams and when you get it all just remember one thing remember one thing one man could change the world one man my grandma told me if you write your name in stone, you'll never get the white out. I grinded out that black hole and performed up at the White House, standing next to Jim Carrey. We traded stories and laughed. I said, You're not the only one I know got rich wearing masks. Where I'm from, I swear they broke. They need way more than the cash. We need more than what you have, and then we need more than that. But how am I supposed to say I'm tired? If that girl from West Virginia came up in conditions that I could survive. Went to war, came back alive. On top of that, became a female black captain. When being black, you had the extra, extra try. Way before James Brown made us proud. She bought a crib on the same street as Marvin Gaye. Right there on how to drive. And she taught me how to drive. And she raised the kids and the kids' kids. And she did it right. Taught me how to love. Taught me not to cry When I die I hope you teach me how to fly All my life you've been That angel in disguise And I hope you learn To make it on your own And if you love yourself Just know you'll never be alone I hope that you get Everything you want And that you chose I hope that it's the realest thing That you ever know I hope you get the pretty girls As pretty as everything Million dollar cribs Have a million dollar dream When you get it all Just remember one thing Remember one thing That one man can change the world One man can change the
The Empire is a place where I talk, you talk, but everybody gets to talk. It's where you can speak openly, honestly, and without worry or hesitation about being politically correct. It's your forum to discuss what matters to you and to me. Individual expressions are boring and they can create nothing but a monologue. Who wants to know all about just me? I want to know about you. So if you want to tell it like it is, the empire is where it's going to go down. Check Facebook or my website for showtimes and days as those days and times may change. For more information, contact me at EmpressCooperDavison at gmail.com or by my website at www.TheEmpress.com. For when the empire speaks, the empress listens. I'm here, I'm ready, locked and loaded, and I'm going to just make a confession just from the beginning because I have been so emotional lately. It seems like I might need a visit. (laughs) I might need to go to the doctor. Either that or I'm just expressly absorbing things that are happening in our world today. Um, Of course, tonight is about Baltimore. Uh, be more the city that I had to do a little bit of research myself because to be honest I didn't know a whole lot about Baltimore and you know what I don't think I'm probably the only person who uh, who will admit that you know unless you're from an area unless you can understand what an area is about or uh, use some type of uh, rationalization or putting two and two together when it comes to what a per- what a place is about. It's the same thing with people. You have to have an experience. You have to experience some things before you can say, oh, I know that's how they go, blah, 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 blah. Well, ever since uh, almost two weeks ago now, the death of a Baltimore man by the name of Freddie Gray, his arrest on April the 12th, fleeing the police, brought about this influx of uh, interest, uh, media, uh, commentary, argument, and just plain tension uh, that it was inevitable. And I had originally named this show Baltimore uh, uh, City Coming to You because I think this is a potential happening anywhere in the world. Baltimore just happens to be where we're looking right now. Of course, we're talking about Freddie Gray, who was arrested on April the 12th after fleeing the police on foot was taken down by the police, uh, and, you know, you have to look at the video to see the gravity of what they're trying to say was an altercation between him and the police, but it was very much not that, um, and we're still kind of waiting on the results of what's going to happen between the four particular officers and two supervisors who are related to this entire case. But after his arrest and him being taken into police custody, he was taken, of course, to the hospital after a couple of stops, we found out, uh, arresting other persons after they realized that he was no longer able to speak, no longer able to move, was uh, actually admitted to the hospital Shortly, Baltimore Hospital, where he left into a coma and died, it does say in a lot of the uh, information here that he was resuscitated and stayed in a coma 
until Monday. And you know what? I, I you know sometimes it's a it's a demon to know better when you know some things. And I don't profess to be the most learned person in the world, but I'll tell you this. Uh, there's very little resuscitation after the autopsy information came to us. They had to do something. And, of course, medicine, they can keep a dead body alive for a very long time. I happen to know that. A lot of people happen to know that. And I think once the gravity of this uh, uh, hopefully going to court and express explosion of what actually happened to this man comes to light is explained. But you can see the video. He was being dragged. At first, it, they're saying in every news feed that he was screaming about his wrist where he was not screaming. He was simply saying that he was trying to make contact with uh, them to let them know that he was in pain and he was thrown into the back of a paddy wagon face down, was not strapped in. And on yesterday, I think it was yesterday, the actual uh, cause of death uh, was released and that cause of death was called a severed spine. Now, when I heard the word separate spine, I said, I wonder if people are going to understand what what this says. But it said the autopsy results returned actually on Monday, but were released to the press, that Gray did suffer a significant spinal injury that led to his death. But the details of that spinal injury were that 80% of his spinal cord was below the neck, which means that he was nearly decapitated on the inside of his skin. The only thing that didn't happen is his his uh, skin and muscles were still intact, but his head literally, and, and okay, I told y'all I was emotional, but I've seen this type of injury. This is the type of injury that happens when people uh, dive into swimming pools or are in accidents where they're 80 miles an hour or faster. This is the gravity of force and trauma that this man had to have been thrown down on the ground to sustain, which is unbefreaking believable. It is murder. I don't care what level of anything uh, anybody has to say about it. I'm going to stick to it, and I'm going to die with that uh, particular perspective because that is exactly what it is. Now, when you think about and let me just give you a short lesson in, 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 in medicine. Spinal cord injuries are not all the time, all the time life-threatening. They do interfere sometimes with your daily life activities and that sort of thing. And because he was still talking and he was still able to try to communicate before he was put into the van, had he been taken immediately to the hospital, we still may have a comatose person and a possibly vegetative person or possibly even just a paralyzed person. I can't even imagine at 80% disconnection that he would have survived this either way it goes. But this was an incomplete break, but 80% of his system was ripped away from his body. Now, when I saw that, you know me, I'm a words person, I immediately began to look up information that could just make it plain. But before I could do that, I saw so many damn people trying to defend the right to uh, this type of injury. 
because he was running from the police. Again, you know, it just it, it, I'm at the point to where I just couldn't understand. And then I started to read stories about Baltimore, period, just Baltimore. Uh, seeing all of the things that I'm sure you've probably seen as well, the stories about how this is a, a city that is very well likened to the very popular show, The Wire, that I absolutely loved. I watched it when it was out several, several years ago. But uh, this is this is why they were able to depict such a state. And, of course, if I'm just going to try to be air on the side of just not knowing, because I'm, I've never been to Maryland. I've never been to any area like this. I can't speak for that, but when the when the video and the background speaks for itself, you can't help but understand what is being said. Now, I started to look up just the history of that area, and of course, the statistics were that, you know, the population has double, tripled in the last several years, but what I also found interesting is that this particular city, just in the year of 2014 to today's date, has paid out a 5.2 million settlement with regard to persons of individual complaint against the city or the state of Maryland. And the majority of these settlements have come to keep it from going to litigation. Mind you, this, this I mean, it's calculated concurrently, and some of these stories have dated back to as far as 2008. One in particular was one of a, of a man by the name of Raymond K. Smoot. He was a detainee in central booking and was brought to booking because he had been arrested on a minor charge, again, a non-lethal, a non-weapon uh, charge, brought into the uh, uh, booking area and was beaten to death, okay? Beaten to death. One officer was convicted. Several officers were related to that, but a $500,000 settlement just in that case alone went to the family to pay for the death of obtaining and booking. Now, he was just being brought in to be booked. Another story, Daniel Anthony Miller back in 2007, uh, he was a resident of Spotsylvania County, uh, Virginia, but he was actually in in Maryland in a city called uh, Marlboro, Maryland, and it said that he was stopped by a state trooper for not having a front tag on his vehicle. Well, a computer check showed that particular uh, car detail as being uh, the the motorist as being a person who was wanted for stealing a lawnmower. Now, now they stopped him because of one thing, ran his tags or what have you, did his ID, determined that he was wanted for a lawnmower being stolen back in 2002, arrested and detained. Come to find out after they did, after this man spent, how many days did he spend? 19 days in jail, went before a judge, the prosecutor had to bring charges against the department and actually had to go through being booked and fingerprinted. He had to be actually criminalized when they found out that this was not even the right man. The man with the exact same name was a 15-year younger and a white male who was actually 
the white person who had stolen the, 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 the lawnmower. But this man spent 19 years, 19 days in jail. He received $215,000 for that mistaken arrest and imprisonment. Um, I, I mean, I got several of them here, but it's, it's, it's almost with, goes without saying. Baltimore has some problems just like a lot of other places have problems. And the problem right now is that the language that we're speaking concerning our our brothers and sisters in Maryland is just is out of control. I, I have watched, uh, I couldn't hardly post today because I was just pissed. I, I'm just going to put it out there. I was just really pissed because I've seen story after story, and I have a lot of Black friends, let's just say it like that. I'm a black person. I got black friends. What you think about that? Every person that I saw post had something to say, of course, you know. But it was very eerie to see black people post in defense of what has happened um, to Freddie Green, in defense of bringing in a 5,000-troop army into a city uh, where there were pockets of violence, not the entire city. I saw so many people re-threading and reposting information that had to do with uh, support of the rioting, but calling the rioters uh, or equalizing the rioters to the looters, to the protesters. And you know me, I love words, and we're going to open up the lines because i got a couple people already on the line. These words being used synonymously are kind of scary. Actually, one of the CNN representatives got the the organization of Zeta Phi Beta, which is an organization of black sisters, a sorority, confused with the Crips. And that speed went out on national media. This is why I say when you don't understand that people see things Black people, white people, all people see things in a collective way rather than trying to get the true information. We start to organize and form thoughts and opinions based on what is shown to us. We have to start to dig a little bit deeper rather than just determining that we're going to just take things at the word. Now, the biggest word that has been thrown around in the media in the last so many days is the word thugs. And I said, look, I got to look this damn word up. What does thugs really mean? Because when I hear thugs, I just think about somebody who's breaking the law. I'm a black person, and maybe I don't think about black people in particular when it comes to the word thugs. But when I looked up the word thugs, I was shocked because a lot of the synonyms, which are similar-like words, words that are used in conjunction with or in substitution for, uh, actually are some of the same words that they are using with regard to our people. Now, you ain't got to believe me. So you can pull out your thesaurus and look for it yourself, but it's there. Like, it's so freaking there. Thugs actually is a noun. It can be a noun or it can be an adjective. But the examples in every dictionary and every thesaurus or whatever uh, online uh, media that I use, it was related to gangs. It was related to people who had who live in the street or have violent behavior. But the synonyms were gangster, hood. Gorilla. Now, when I saw the word freaking gorilla and then heard them keep talking, they talked constantly this evening about the damn black gorilla family. I knew it was different 
but I didn't know how easily someone who did not study to know that this is what their what the uh, connotation could be that these are all being lumped together. A protester being the same as a thug, a rioter being the same as a thug. One of the comedians actually ran a, a short video earlier today after after seeing the word thug on CNN so much. He actually compared it to the number of times he saw CNN versus Fox, and I actually reposted that on my page, and it was amazing. Every time they related a story, whether it was positive to, or negative, to um, the, the people who were petitioning, the people who were actually doing peaceful protests, they used the word thug. And I just want to know if you realize that as well, because first of all, before I go to the phones, one more thing, I had to look up the damn black gorilla family myself because I wanted to know exactly who they were referring to. Now, the black gorilla family was inspired by a man by the name of Marcus Garvey, and I think a lot of people have actually heard about the Marxist revolutionary by the name of Marcus Garvey. But this system, which is an organized uh, system of quote-unquote gang prison organization, was started for a certain purpose. And see, people want to just hear black gorilla family. The reason why this particular uh, gang or whatever you want to call it was started, it was started because they understood that there were some issues with the government that was not fair. They wanted to eradicate racism and to maintain a certain dignity while they were in prison because they understood that the prison system was made up to do something different other than to reinforce the positive that you should have done or should have kept your ass out of jail. Instead, they were actually reinforcing some of the negatives that were out in the streets in a more controlled way. So... If you don't do your homework, you can be lost when it comes to when people are saying things. Because when you hear the word gorilla, I'm going to think literally of a gorilla, a big-like being um, that is very much wild, that is very much untamed, but that is almost the exact opposite of the philosophy of this particular group if you look it up. But if you don't look it up, you just have to trust what you hear. I have already invited a friend of mine who is a Facebook friend of mine we've not talked before on um, in live unless they've talked on the show and I just not know that they were there. We had an inbox conversation, and I, I actually uh, asked that, uh, this person come into the conversation because I read, well, actually I saw a post. I saw a post on his page. I saw the post, saw where it was a reference to the coming together of the Bloods and the Crips uh, on another page, and it gave me a reference to this page, and it has something to do with uh, warfare, I would say, warfare between people who are – who usually would be an unlikely source of coming together for the work of the people. And if I can, if you can hear me, I have your line open, and I want to have you please speak first and introduce as much as you would like for yourself because I don't – let me tell you, let me give the the ground rules here. We don't have really any rules. We are very respectful of everybody's position. 
We are not here to try to convert anybody from one side to the other, but we want to hear your uh, whys and hows if you have a, a position that is just not well understood. And that's exactly the conversation that we just had. So if you want to introduce yourself by your true name or your Facebook name, however you'd like to do that, you're welcome to do that. 2599, I'm speaking with you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can. I can hear you loud and clear. Now, we I had this earlier kind of just on the profile, and we were just kind of uh, talking about the post, the post that you had up that was just a, a single picture of, uh, well, you explained to us what, what I what I said and, and how we I came mean, well, to. Well, basically, I mean, I'm, I'm going to pick up where you uh, left off with the Black Gorilla family. Um, Black mm-hmm. Gorilla family was started by, it wasn't started by Marcus Garvey. Black Gorilla family was started okay. in 1960 uh, in the penitentiary in California by George Jackson. Uh, George Jackson right. was a revolutionary. He was a revolutionary. Uh, and I know so much about it because my uncle was a part of that movement. Um, mm-hmm. One of my uncles was a part of that movement in San Quentin. Also, I, um, my other uncle, his brother, which them together, named Bobby Lavender, mm-hmm. he's dead now. From um, he's from Alabama. He's from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. But he was raised in Watts, mm-hmm. in California, and he started one of the mm-hmm. first gang. What they called a blood, the blood gang, which they was not blood. Mm-hmm. They were not a gang. You know what I'm saying? It was uh, bishops, ninety mm-hmm. second and bishop mm-hmm. out of Watts off of Beach Street. You understand? So and, okay. and the whole formality of how it formed the Crips, Blood, all this, uh, how it formed and what it was about. You know, that's 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 part mm-hmm. of what I take in. And, um, and I was mm-hmm. lucky enough in, in my work, I was lucky enough to live in L.A. and uh, and to operate on the inside of Crips, you understand? And um, mm-hmm. did it for a little while. It wasn't really me. I didn't like where it was going. But at the same time, the minds of the brothers. And a lot mm-hmm. of people, I don't like, what, like I said, I don't like what I see. You know, a lot of people talking down on the young brothers is doing what they're doing in Baltimore. But you're not there and you're not living their life. So you can't speak right. on what's going on. You can't speak on the hurt, the pain. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I'm 41 years old. Um, I went to prison when I was 19. I did a lot. You understand? You got a mm-hmm. nice family. But as a man, people talk about being a man. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. If we're going to just talk in a black community, you know, black community as a man, you know we're talking about a man going to take care of his business, man going to take care of his man going to do all of this. A man ain't going to let nobody mm-hmm. do this, this, that to you. What you think happened? Uh-huh. How do you feel when a man, a black man, is right there with his family, uh-huh. pulled over by the police, speed, and whatever, and you talk to and treat it like an animal? You got your son in the back seat. You got your daughter in the back seat. You got your wife in the front seat. Not, 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 I'm not even talking about the wife part. I'm talking about your babies in the back. They look at you like you Superman. Right. And you uh-huh. letting this, and, I, and I'm going to speak the way I speak. You're going to let this cracker. Talk crazy to you in front of it's not gonna happen. Uh-huh. I'm gonna die right uh-huh. then if that's what I have to do. And see, this is the thing people don't understand. The one thing about the gangs, the one thing about these 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 lovely brothers in the streets that are die behind a tennis shoe and that are killed behind a uh-huh. color. The one thing that's so lovely uh-huh. about them, that's the only thing that's gonna save a black nation now. Cause ain't nobody with no suit and tie gonna do it. Ain't none of one of these bougie boot licking ass leaders gonna do it. Ain't nobody going to, uh-huh. you got black police on the police force that know what go on, they won't even speak out. Uh-huh. You understand? Uh-huh. So who else going to say? Uh-huh. Who going to say? Ain't nobody going to save you but them thugs, them niggas, them gangsters, whatever you want to call them.
one we can look to for help because that's the only one that's going to get down. I appreciate what they're doing because they stand up. And guess what? I hope this shit go on for five and six years. I hope they burn the whole fucking country down. And I'm with them because that's what it's going to take. You can sit and try to play with them. You can talk with them. You can do whatever thing you want to do with white people, rich people. Guess what? They only understand two languages. That's money and violence. That's the only thing they understand. They don't understand nothing else but money and violence. We've talked. We prayed. We've marched. We held hands. It didn't do nothing. It got Dr. King killed. It got Malcolm killed. It got Mega killed. Any black leader you name that was doing something killed with the exception of Farrakhan, which uh, they, they probably kind of scared to touch him right now because they know black folks going to turn up, at least the nation and the thugs are anyway. So, I mean. Yeah, the nation ain't going to let that happen. It's not going to happen. You understand? Right. And, 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 and at least if can't nobody find nothing else to look at, one thing they need to look at is at least the young folks now tuned in to dying and killing for something instead of a color that's hanging out your back pocket, instead of some shoes, uh-huh. instead of some dope, instead of running up in a house to rob it. That's what people forgetting. Uh-huh. And they keep talking about the, the, the looting. They going in the store stealing. Well, what the fuck do you uh-huh. think? What do you think going to happen? Did you not see the little boy on, 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 that I put on there today? The little boy that I, um, you not see the little boy that I uploaded today that told you three years ago his mama got hit by police? His mama is disabled. His mama can't take care of him. They have to get it how they live. A 13-year-old boy right. telling you he got to get it out. And the, wrong, the thing that's wrong with most people that's always come in is because they never live in a city in a real project. People don't understand mm-hmm. what real projects are. They don't understand what poor really is. We're not talking about, man, ain't no hamburger in here, mama. What, you, what we going to eat? Oh, uh, well, we're going to go ahead and eat some bologna sandwiches. That ain't poor. We're talking about when you ain't got shit. You understand? You 12, 13, 14 years old, you got to get out there and hustle. Because mama can't work. Daddy probably locked up or strung out. And you got a little sister and brother. They got to be taken care of. So you got to do what you got to do. Right. And it's just like an old saying, an old Go ahead. Mm-hmm. So I, I just want to say, because I think I got ahead of myself by reading the philosophy, uh, just to go back a little bit about the Black Gorilla family, I do have written okay. here, because I make notes, and I still act like I'm in school sometimes, and I got it under the wrong thing. And it, I do have here that it is a prison and a street game that was founded in 1966 by George Jackson George and W.L. Yeah. Nolan. Right, George Jackson. And it was formed while they were incarcerated in San Quentin State Prison in California. But at the uh, at the philosophy and goals, when they realized to be an organization, because, see, they had a respect. They had a respect. Even being incarcerated, they were understood to have a power. And that philosophy was fed from the prison population or from the prison identity out to the media under Marcus Garvey. Now, that's just how it's been notated in history. You have much, much more uh, background and understanding because, like you said, you have family who are participating in that. Uh, it doesn't even stop there. And just, the, I, I was just floored at the ability to organize even incarcerated. I mean, see, then you have to understand. That, that's that's, that's what blew me away. They were incarcerated at this time and were able to organize in such a way that people on the outside 
were able to follow the directions and had the respect factor with persons who were not literally free. That was the that was what was so huge for me. And for a long time, even before Freddie Gray, we have been talking about organizing and getting yourself together, people coming together and that sort of thing. And that exact happening has occurred, but it's occurred by a population who, like you just said and have explained, there is a new, you know, and I'm not going to even lie, I had just about written off a certain age range of persons with the expectation of them understanding the gravity of what's going on. You know, so I'm a 41-year-old person. I'm just explaining. I'm just explaining. I'm just, I cannot say that I just had so much faith in anybody that was born in the 80s because that has not been my experience. Now, I actually have nephews who are very progressive, but they they don't know what a ghetto is. They don't know what not having is. It's always been not not a super privilege, but a blessed uh, existence, So, which is removed from other uh, 1980 or 1990 born persons who have had to live and get how they live. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't say that I can totally embrace and understand it, but I can't fault something, and I said that at the beginning. I cannot fault something when I have not experienced it for myself. So I have to understand that everybody's living is not like mine. And I want to open up another line, and you're still on the line. Can I address you by a certain name, or is it okay that you tell yeah, me Lati. what I can say? Lati. L-A-T. Okay, Lati. L-A-T-E-S. Okay, okay. Have a caller on the line, 9098. You're on the air, and did you have anything to ask of myself, Lati, or want to just add to the discussion so far? Hey, Sharon, it's Maria. Hi. Hi. I've been waiting all day for this show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you have, and I hope you shared it to your page. We got Lati on the phone. Like I said, this is the first time I've ever spoken with him live on the air. I can appreciate his threads because I watch them. People think I just add friends just because, but if you have a feed that's open, even before I get friendships, I watch them. I can understand the impassioned um, background, but it's different when you can kind of hear when someone is saying what they're posting because I can add emotion all day you know, with exclamation points and little memes and stuff. But I can tell by just just looking at his thread that he had something to say. Did something he say, what what made you want to wait on this show, girl? I want to know what you got to say. Um, it's just like you pointed out in the beginning, and I'm I'm glad um the 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 young man uh said he's forty one, but to me he's a young man. Um he just put it so eloquently in words, um that, you know, the what we did in the beginning as a survival method, has now been turned into this criminalization of who we are and what we've done. And if we listen to the history lesson that he just gave on, you know, how it all came about, you know, it wasn't a negative aspect. Uh It's actually been the government who's turned it negative. Right. Right, right. And it's been the government who's introduced the the drugs and the guns and the violence that has been perpetuated against black people. Right. Mainly our black men. 
again, and, and Sharon, you saw my post, it's a systemic issue. Mm-hmm. And and when mm-hmm. we look at it and when they use terms like the black gorilla family and, you know, make references to uh, the Nation of Islam or the Black mm-hmm. Panthers, it's always in a negative connotation. And so when they throw mm-hmm. around the word thugs, um, you know, um, they're 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 stealing just to steal. I mean, let's rewind the tape back here, people. This is a systemic issue. You keep people caged in for so long, and I, Tupac, who a person that I, I admire greatly, he he so elegant elegantly put it. You know, if I if I'm hungry, and I'm going to your business, and I'm knocking on the door and asking you for food. You know, and uh-huh. you tell me no, or you don't right. open the door, uh-huh. and I come back three weeks uh-huh. later, and uh-huh. you still telling me no, but you throwing all this food away. You know, you just, uh-huh. just, you're just throwing it away. You're not going to give it to me, a person who can use it, who can turn around and give it to my people. The uh-huh. fifth time that I come back, it ain't going to be so nice. <laughs> ain't uh-huh. no knocking no uh-huh. more. I'm, I'm not going to – I'm not going to – not, I'm not going to say, oh, sir, please give me some food. I'm hungry. I can't feed my family. No. These, and, 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 you know, we, we say, you know, they're criminals. They're this, they're that. Well, look at where they're living. Look at the conditions that they're surrounded by. Where and are see, the jobs? That's the problem I have, Maria and, and, and Lette. That's the problem that I have with us not seeing the real picture we've seen already at the at we're I don't even think we're at the beginning fully of this incident we've already buried Freddie Gray we we are still burying other people uh that don't make the news or who don't have a video or who have died and they've been screaming for years and this is just coming up and now they can say I told you I mean we I saw just yesterday this same uh uh area um, where Freddie Gray was killed because he was he was murdered. He was murdered. I don't care what they say. He was murdered. Uh, right. Another man said that he had been actually uh, arrested by this same group of folk, beat up, and he tried pressing charges. He tried to do everything that he could do, but nobody listened to him. And see, when we see Baltimore, when I see pictures of Baltimore, I see the pretty pictures of the the coastline, no, the the waters. You see all of the places that are not. But then, when I actually saw some of these damn news feeds, and it damn looked like the wire for real. Like I'm yeah. like, this was not even. This was probably a cry out because actually. Some of the people in the wire, which you know, it's not a real. It was. It wasn't supposed to be real. In my mind, that was not but, supposed but to, be to be a real reality. But people have but been saying for years that this is exactly how the how that area of the world had been being run, and we had just not been listening. Seventy four, seventy six. Are you there? Can you hear us? We're on the phone now, talking about be more. And right now, we're just talking about how we have been kind of captivated by what they want us to see. But the truer picture is not what they're showing, even in the the cleanup. It's, it's they, but, but they're all. It's always that type of picture. If I can just go back for a second on something you said. And I just want to kind of switch okay. it so you can see it a different way. From the way we view things to the way they make us view things. 
Okay, you said when we were talking about the black gorilla family, you said with the image mm-hmm. of a black gorilla that's scary to you and, you know, a wild beast. Now, that's what mm-hmm. they taught you. That's what they taught mm-hmm. you. But this is what I want mm-hmm. you to – I'm going to explain to you what a black gorilla is and the, the reason mm-hmm. it was taken up as a gorilla, number one. And then number two, when we finish, mm-hmm. I would like all of you to go to that Internet and pull up as many videos of gorillas in the wild, in the zoo, anywhere you can, pull it up and watch a gorilla. And this is where mm-hmm. it came from with the black gorilla family. A gorilla is not meant to mm-hmm. be, uh, the black gorilla family was not meant to be scared, to scare you. It was not to be a big black mm-hmm. gorilla. A gorilla, once they all united together, form one gorilla. The blackness comes from mm-hmm. us, period. You understand? Mm-hmm. Like us, period. King Kong, mm-hmm. it looks like us. But mm-hmm. a gorilla mm-hmm. is the only natural animal that is in the jungle, that is in the wild. That no other animal will try. Not only that, that's the only wild animal that has the sense to do what it do. It do not hunt food. It do not hunt other animals. It do not hunt humans. It do not kill. They stay mm-hmm. to themselves. They protect their own. When they're intruded upon, mm-hmm. then they do whatever they have to do to protect their family. Mm-hmm. That's what a gorilla do. Mm-hmm. See, the switch came when white people start trying to, they got scared. You know, that's just like, why is it that they never? Why is it that they never put these big bulletins out and, and said all this tech crazy stuff about kappas, alphas, uh, omegas, uh, 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 sigmas? Uh-huh. Why? And, 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 and anybody forgive me? I mean, if, if I touch you, but it is what it is. That's even with the uh, sorority. <laughs> to me, it's, it's a waste of fucking uh-huh. time. You understand? Because you're supposed to have a sisterhood, but she's a bitch because she's a delta, and you're a bitch because you're AKA, and the zetas ain't uh-huh. shit anyway. You understand? Uh-huh. You can't uh-huh. have a step show uh-huh. without all of them fighting. But you never see the government, uh-huh. the police, get on them and put attention on them. You know why? Because they're not a threat. The only group that's a threat is a group that is willing to stand up, die, and kill for the freedom of black people. Black Panthers, uh-huh. uh, 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 Black Liberation Army, Black Guerrilla Family, the Crips and Bloods, they come out as Crips and Bloods killing each other. The Crips and Bloods, they come out that the Crips, when the Crips first came out, it was community revolution in progress. Uh-huh. Love, uh, a brotherly love overriding oppressive destruction. I mean, come on. This uh-huh. is the shit they not going to well, tell you. Well, uh, let me tell okay. you, I'm going to say this. I can say very confidently that if you remove family from your natural born family, if you survive in this world in some way, form, or fashion, you will adapt to some level of family, and that's all a gang is. People who are in the gangs from when I, you know, because I, I was born in 1973, just in case y'all know, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit seasoned. I don't call myself old, but I can remember when I was in high school. When I was in high school, there are a group of guys called the Crips, and there are a group of guys called the Bloods, and there was a group called the Folk. And, and, and well, you there was just a respect. There was just a respect factor. It wasn't like they were going around messing with folks. They just had a protectiveness about their territory, the people in that community. And absolutely, you know, if something was going to go down, I was one of the church girls, just by the way. They would say, you need to take your holy ass over there and be, go away somewhere because this right here is going to get ugly. What we do not you want you involved in that. 
I, I will talk about that later. But when I um, had that experience, I was like, now, when people say gang, they automatically think something of just a disturbance. Like, you just coming and breaking in people's homes and doing some crazy, where, where there's that element in anything. You can find it in the church. You can find it in the gym. You can find it on your job. You can find it in any other community or groupism of people. That's just what people are going to do. There's going to be some crazy folks. But these gangs have consistently given interviews. And see, now those little interviews are popping up. I was sent one by a little source, and they showed me, and I was like, ain't nobody ever, ain't nobody posting this. Like, it went straight to YouTube. It didn't go to the active media, because active media changes, like, with people interacting, like on Facebook, like on Instagram, on those types of media. They're going to send video feeds over to YouTube and get them archived, and if it ain't a whole lot of hits, nobody don't even know about it. But these guys have consistently, ever since this whole riot stuff has started, have been going to the church house, trying to come up with ways of how they can approach the government to keep this from becoming straight man-to-man combat. I mean, and I'm talking about gangs that don't get along, that ain't supposed to be even in the same group with each other, but nobody said that. They tried to act as if or make the assumption that the gangs were the ones who were inciting these riots when they were the ones who were trying to break them down. 7476, are you there and can you hear me? Yes, I am here. I am here. This is Myra. Tell me what you got to say. What you got to say, Myra? First of all, I want to say good evening to everyone. And the young man that has been talking that has enlightened me on some things that I had no knowledge of, um, I I can hear you have a lot of anger and bitterness inside of you. And you said that there was no one, exactly no one to help us. We, We had no one. So I'm just, first of all, I used to think like that. Uh, I guess you would say I was. Uh, that was when I was I had a kernel mind. So now I think that God is really revealing to us things that has been happening all the time. Right. That we had no knowledge of until social media come about. Um, to cell phones come about where you can take pictures with your phone or you can record with your phone. I think this has been happening for years, for many, many, many years in our African-American communities, and we're just now finding out that it actually happened because we have social media now. We can, go, we can log on to the Internet. We can, we can, uh, we can just uh, pick our phone up. But my question Uh on my Facebook post that I posted yesterday, where are our Uh leaders? If you go in the African-American community, you have a church on every corner. You got a church Uh on every corner. Why are we having so much violence going on in our community where we're having our young children being gunned down at the hands of the enemy? And I call the white man the enemy. And the reason I call uh-huh. him the enemy is because he can walk up to me, decapitate my head, go to court, and get out of doing it uh-huh. and go back to work. 
So to me, you uh-huh. are the enemy. You are Satan. Uh-huh. You are carrying this spirit around. This spirit is in you. And this spirit has been passed down from slavery to our white people that we're around every day. Some white people, I'm not going to say all of them, but the majority of them are still carrying this generational curse from slavery. And they are using it. And the enemy is making a puppet. Satan is making a puppet out of us. Using us to his ability, and it's just I'm, anybody I'm just sick and I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of it. And our leaders in the African American community, the ministers, the apostles, or whatever they want to call themselves, have more power on the African American community than law enforcement does. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell let me tell y'all something. I've I realized something. I, I knew this, but I. I I don't think that it made uh, a ding-dong in my head until recently. It was very interesting to me to just start looking through the history of some of our quote-unquote leaders, and they do come out of the church, and they understand that in numbers and masses and economics that you have power. I think one of the reasons why, and I I wanted to, I'm going to say some of this for the end of the show, but I think that we are going to be in that, we'll be in a worse situation if we don't individually lead. Because I'm telling you, there is not going to be a man without enough fault for enough black people to follow them. Okay? I'm just saying, the the way that we are made up, we are going to crucify Anybody who has a legitimate ability to lead. Because right now, the most potent persons who can lead are leading, and they happen to be Blood Crips, the Black Gorilla Family, and any other underground organized uh, group of people who are willing to go to literal war. Because I'm going to tell you something. At the beginning of the show, the text said it. He said it. Some of this is going to be met has to be met at the same level of what's coming against us. You cannot come to a gunfight with a knife and think you're going to make it. And I'm just speaking uh, in, in metaphors. But literally, the church leader, and, I, and I, I, I am a Christian person. I'm not saying that God can't fix it. That is not what I'm saying. For as many years as we have been on this earth, allowed to be on this earth, the number of people that believe in Christ and believe in God or believe in Buddha or believe in Elijah Muhammad have sent regards of prayers and well wishes and positive energies and those sorts of things, that does not affect a world that moves on the opposite of that. It's like coming to a war with a water gun. And and that's not respected. And that's where that's where the street ministry come in. That's that's where we, as our church, that's where we go out and we do street ministry. We go to the high crime area. We 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 have we run up. My pastor will run up <coughs> to someone. He has ran up to a guy sitting there smoking smoking a blunt, and he takes off and go to running because he thinks that the pastor is trying to condemn him. All we want to do is love on you and let you know that God still loves you no matter what you're out there doing. You can be out there smoking crack. You can be out there. Whatever you're doing, he still He loves you just as much as he loves the one that walks in the church every Sunday. And that's all these well, people want. They want to be 
love. That's all we have to do is love. And it covers a multitude I, I, of sins. It, but you it know, does, you, but I I want to take you, a commercial break because I have to take a breath okay. before I say something that I don't mean to say because yeah. I, I totally agree with you, sister, but I'm asking you to kind of think a little bit further into a mindset of a person who they ain't hearing that. I'm just going to tell you that some people is not even some Christian law-abiding folks. Because I don't know how many times and, and, we've and, seen and, the- I, and, and I and I and I know I, that, that okay I intervened with a black guy about three weeks ago beating his girlfriend trying to take his child. I had great concerns mm-hmm. for that child. I didn't know whether he had a gun or not. But my number mm-hmm. one thing to him was I don't want the police to come because I don't want anything to happen to you or go to jail. He was pushing on me. He told me he didn't care if he did go to jail. He said, I don't give no so-and-so about no police. And I'm sitting here screaming to the tip of my voice like this child is my 23-year-old. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. trying to get him to get away, to keep from going to jail, to keep the police from having to come and put him in handcuffs and, and, and me not see him on the news as being dead before he gets checked in in the jailhouse. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, we're going to take a commercial break, and then we're going And I'm going to tell you, because I think that a lot of people do actually care. They just don't have anything. They don't have any particular idea of what to do. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that, and then we're going to talk about this mama who decided to whoop her child. Listen, have you been right at the point of ready? Perfect shoes, perfect dress, perfect hair, perfect makeup, and you look a fool. Well, we're going to stop all that right now. Kevin Foster is the person for you. Aside from him being able to travel to you, being known for his white tape series, he offers a unique experience that's very, very inexpensive. It'll be worth the money that you spend. Prices start at 125 If you would like an appointment with Kevin, call 770-407-9025 to set an appointment. Tell him that the Emperor sent you. Instagram, Facebook, or on KFOS Photography. Tell them the impressage. Okay. Yay, we are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. And we're talking about Baltimore. We're talking about Baltimore in many different facets to the point where we're just trying to now figure out if what we're doing is is is, is enough to expose the truth. You know, I know y'all have seen the same things that I've seen. I have seen the pictures uh, and the videos, and I saw you and I can't even act, I can't even act like I wasn't excited to see some pictures that contradict what a lot of the people on my feed were saying. You know, if they, they are just destroying their own community and they looting the CVS, you know, I got so damn tired of hearing about the damn CVS, and I love CVS. I'm going to get my coupons today because I go in there all the time. It's right around the corner from where I live, and I understand about something being local and to you, but when they are snapping necks, who gives to mm, about a CVS? I mean, people were really upset about the looting, but nobody seemed to understand that this boy's head was nearly removed from his body. So I was like, okay, I need to, I need to refocus because I was at the point of losing my Christian and losing my dignity because I was going to get online and be cussing, and then the next thing I know, my little good little job will be out the door because I'm just too politically expressive. But you know what? This is the empress. This is how I do it on my show. This is how I'm going to continue to do it, and I want to do it in a way where people can understand me. They can understand 
understand where I'm coming from and they can respect that I have an opinion too. But when you come, when you get down to the nitty gritty of things, when you get down to the nitty gritty of how things are being shown, nobody really showed us. Nobody really showed us the truth of until later of the lines and lines of people feeding and giving waters to the police who were obviously there, the, the police who were there trying to do their job, whether or not they had a motive or not, or just had been told you need to show up at such and such street, you got to do this and you got to get. Nobody showed those pictures. Those had to be leaked. Nobody showed the pictures of inside of the church where the blood and the crystal with the, the religious leaders and the political leaders of that area and from areas trying to come up with a plan, trying to draft a certain thing before this curfew came down. It was just not in enough time, and the curfew, of course, still came down last night. I think it was the first night of them actually having to abide by the uh, curfew. But I think everybody and their mama decided to tweet or uh, or forward or show this picture or this short video catching of a reporter who saw a mom who recognized her son downtown with a hoodie on, in mask, throwing rocks at the police. She actually uh, released, uh, I, I was, face, I've been trying to get a Facebook connection with her, but I'm sure she's just going to go so viral and be so big that I may not be able to get her. But if I could ever get her on I there, think she I, was. I, I she was on the Today Show this morning. I think it was Today Show. No, they showed her on The View this morning. But she wasn't yes. there on The View. They just showed her uh, what she actually did. I think right. they may have spoke with her. Yeah, but right now she's starting to feel the backlash. Right, because, within, because I'm a mother of a son, and my son is a lot too way too young. If I catch him outside of his room, it's on because he's only 10. But this is a mid-teen, maybe a 15, 16-year-old person that a mom, I interpreted it as her being scared out of her mind. And she saw her son in a situation that could end with her putting her son in a box. And actually, she actually exactly. said that. Exactly. She did not want her son exactly. to be pretty green. Now, uh, while we got you on the phone, no. still, Letitia, 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 I keep saying Letitia, Letitia, how do you feel about her response to her son? Wrong. Did you? She, I know you saw the was, video. She, she was dead wrong for number one. Number two. Okay. She just killed the black man. He'll never be the okay. same again. Okay, hold that thought because I, 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 we we'll agree. Okay. Hold, hold that thought because I want you to have the last say. I first want to hear what the women have to say because I have a feeling that the women may feel a little bit different. real, let's start with you, and then after she finishes, Myra, let's go with you, and then Tay, we'll come back with you. Uh, Maria? I, I knew you were going to say my name. <laughs> Okay, so um, I can. Uh, okay, so here here's what I'm gonna say to this. She did what she needed to do as a mother. We have some people here, you know. She's a shero. She did what she was supposed to do. And honestly, for me, in that moment, she took control of her child. He shouldn't have been out there. That's a danger zone for him right now. We are talking about a, a, a conglomerate of people who just killed a man. 
mm-hmm. broke his neck. Mm-hmm. We, we're talking about the same systemic issue of people, and now they're heroing her as a hero. Mm-hmm. And for, for what she did, what she should do. She didn't kill him. She just saved him. Because if she doesn't take control of him, he's going to end up in the prison system because they want to arrest him. They didn't care two okay. flips about severing a young man's neck. Uh. They did not care. And, and they care all of a sudden because they're throwing cement concrete blocks into the crowd. What if it had to hit her son in that moment and she's standing right there? She has to bury her son. So Myra, while could, what do you have to say? Because yes. I know you got something I, to say, baby. Baby, Myra. I would have been out there with a bat, and I would have, forgive me, Jesus, I would have beat his ass all the way home. He would have went straight to the hospital, because first of all, he had no business out there. I have a 23-year-old. Let me begin by this. I didn't have my child to be out in riot. I didn't, I, I didn't birth him to live on a lifestyle like that. I come up poor as poor can get. I'm talking. You're talking about a bologna sandwich. I didn't eat bologna. We didn't have bologna until we was grown. You're talking about coon, rabbit, possum, and deer. That's what you're talking about for dinner, except supper, breakfast, whatever. It wasn't no bologna sandwiches. It wasn't even no peanut butter sandwiches. So I didn't have my son and raise my son up to be a, a follower. I taught him to be a leader. You don't go get into something because you see somebody else out there doing it. If I bury you, who's going to give me another child? Who's going to deliver me from that ache and pain that I have to lay and live the rest of my life without my child? You're going to jail. I'm not going to make you no man. You're, being a, you're falling victim of Satan, of the enemy's trick. That's what he wants us to do, to act the fool just like they was out there acting the fool. You going out there burning the city down is not going to bring the person back. Okay, if you burn CBS down, you got a disabled grandma and a mama at home who on insulin, their prescriptions over there at CBS. Now they're going to be dead because it's going to be about two or three months before they get a CBS up and running. Now you got everybody dead, and you in jail. So what have you done? Where's the justification? Where's okay, the justification? so let me say. Let me say this. I, you know, I got a feeling in my bowels because I was shocked at the number of people who congratulated her before she went viral. Like I said, I had a friendship out to a lot of people in that area, not knowing that this was going to hit. And when it hit and it was her, I was like, oh, my damn. Latay, what yes. you got to say? Well, let me say this. I don't mean no disrespect to nobody, but I'm going. I'm a man. I was a boy. I done been in the streets. I done anything, the church, anything you can talk about. I can go talk about the church on some things you'll never know nothing about because you're not a male. So you don't know what the older guys teach the young guys in the church. So I'm not going to even talk on that because the only thing that can happen is you can argue with me, but you're not a man. You wasn't a boy, so you don't know what them preachers and deacons talk to us about. So And they'll never let you know that. And as soon as one of them boys tell you what they talk to us about, you're going to say that that boy lied. Now, so I'm going to leave that church part out. Now, when we come about this month, number one, that's why black mothers, period, can't raise boys. That's why I, I fight so hard. 
for the brothers in the prison, the brothers in the streets that's lost. Get your nephew, get your son, get your cousin. Who raise them? It takes men to raise. It takes a man to raise a boy. A woman cannot raise them no more because when you raise them, and this is not no shot at you because I was raised by my mom, but you instill weakness in them. And when I say you instill weakness, we would not. We ain't nowhere right now. But we wouldn't even be this damn far if Dr. King, if Mega Evans, if everybody that gave their damn life to make sure that black people seen something right, we wouldn't be here. Death. Death mm-hmm. is the only thing God has ever promised us. We don't fear death. Death is the first thing we look for when we walk out the door. Do you see how many people that don't have to be in game or part of game? Do you not see? It's nothing that mothers and fathers at home can do to save young people no more. Young people are tired. They tired of seeing their friends. They tired of seeing somebody that looking you can say or do. Hey, my real name is Timothy Lamar Robinson. Google me, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, when I lived there, and see who I was and see what I was about. And I would take your child out your house and talking to him and have him doing whatever I want him to do before he listened to you. I promise you that. But guess what? It was never on nothing violent. It was never on nothing unrighteous. It was always about standing up for you, standing up for yours, being what a man is. Hey, if you got to get out there in them streets and give your damn life behind this, mm-hmm. then do it. Mm-hmm. That's what you're supposed mm-hmm. to do. Hey, when we was in them streets gangbanging, sending dope angel, a damn about losing my life then, I didn't give a damn about taking a life then. So do you think mm-hmm. now, because I'm living okay, I got God in my life, I got a family, do you think they're going to put fear in me from dying? I still kill or die just quick for the right thing. And that's what people don't understand. See, you wanted us black men and black boys to stand for something. You wanted us to be somebody. You wanted us to act right. But damn it, when we start doing it, look what you start doing to it. Don't talk to us about history. Don't talk to us about Dr. King. Don't talk to us about Mega Evans. Don't talk to us about none of them people. If you ain't willing to weather shoot through it all. Because Dr. King, well, his mama was dating. But God, then he had kids that cried too because he died. Malcolm X had people that cried because they did. It's a lot of mom. You think Freddie Gray mama ain't crying? Hey, guess what? Death is a part of what we do. And this is something we accept. She killed that young boy when she did that. Go to your Facebook. Look at the interview of her and him. That boy cannot even look at the camera. He won't even hold his head up. You have broken a man. That's just like a woman and a husband. When, when your husband mm-hmm. down a little bit or when he's hurting or his job ain't working and you get mad and get flipped at the mouth, them strong-ass words you say to him, you don't know it, mm-hmm. but you done killed him on the inside. Mm-hmm. So when he starts beating that ass, when he don't give a damn, when he starts drinking and getting high, when he starts talking about, man, I don't care what the fuck you talking about, because you done killed that man on the inside. I'm a man, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody else tell you. Hmm. You done killed him on the inside. And when you kill a black man on the inside, it's over with. He's no more good. He's no more good. Some boys well, in the street that's coming I'm gonna tell you something. I, I actually didn't, I didn't have those same words because I couldn't. Like, I couldn't find those words. But I was, I was looking at one of my friends, uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins, who is called the People's Scholar. He wrote something about it, but one of my better friends, it's a YouTube, and I want y'all to look at it and just listen to it. It's, it's only 30 minutes, and it's by my friend, Dr. Rick Wallace. He explains it just the exact same. And when I tell you this is not shooting your opinion down, I need for women to hear 
what they're saying because in the grand scheme of things, which I'm going to break down to you in a little bit, this is the essence of why we have to be careful what we congratulate up and like up and and and, and amen because when you the, the 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 most potent thing that I heard today was that Dr. Rick his name Rick is Rick Wallace and I I, I actually I, I'm going to tag you all to that link I've already got it on my page I'll tag it to uh, tag you all to it because I couldn't find the words to say it because I understand I'm not able to teach anything that I'm not either learned or made of. There's no way that I can teach anybody how to be, say, a skinny white girl with long natural hair flowing out of her head. I can't do it because I'm not made out of that. And no matter how much I bleach my hair, how skinny I get, I will never be that. So the same thing is true with regard to how we are not able to raise men. We rear them as much as we can, and we give them as much as they can. But I know for sure that this boy, I know that when a, a young boy gets just just embarrassed in front of his friends at home in the privacy of their home, how it changes them. But for a a, a young boy in this age of social media, to have his mama whooping his ass on on a what has gone viral in less than 24 hours, his mama is on national TV saying how she was trying to save his life. I understand that. What she has also done is she has castrated his manhood. And if he recovers from this, I don't know what type of man he's going to be. The very first thing that I thought of is, oh, my God, now they're going to say, that the single black woman with children is violent more so than a woman who's not married. Because it's, I, I, I don't even have to know her backstory. There is not a significant male that is in her life or this child because all it would have took was a damn phone call. Because I know I'd have seen this happen. I'm not saying that that's what exactly would have happened. But had he had an influence that was strong enough to un- to make him understand what was expected of him as a man, he wouldn't have been down there. He would already understand that this level of fight is not going to be won with throwing rocks at the police. And I think hey, you all need to, to hear that a, when, when they're saying, go is ahead. This a stage in the fight. Hey, you have to understand this is a stage. People keep forgetting that. That's just like, you know, when, when we talk about God. And when we talk about Jesus, when we go into those days, people keep forgetting before the jet time, before the sun came, it was darkest. Power has never exchanged hands without blood being shed. I don't know why our people are misunderstanding that and not understanding that. When we want to talk about God and God and God blessing us, yes, He is. Do you not see what He is doing? Like she just said, mm-hmm. do you not see what social media has done? Do you not see the uprising that's starting to come? The only problem we have right now are Negroes that want to keep screaming peace. That's the biggest problem we got. I'm for peace when it's time for peace. But when you out here killing our kids, there ain't no damn peace. There ain't no peace. Feel the way we feel. We need to start killing some of yours. Feel Aaron, can I, can I say something quick? Yes, ma'am. 
ma'am. It, it's Maria. Um, Brother Latif, did I say that correctly? Huh? Yeah, Latif. I mean, however you say it, it's fine. I, I appreciate everything that you just said. Um, gave me a different perspective on the way that I saw it. So by no means... Um, I just want to clear this up. No, by no means am I saying that she's a hero. She, what I'm saying is she did what she needed to do in that moment. Yes, it's going to have lasting on him. And no woman can stand to be a man. That's been my stance in life. And I come from a different breed. I'm not a single mother. I've never been single. Darren, you know that. I've never been single. My children are born into a two-parent household. Um and what my husband says goes. So I don't have to worry about my son doing that kind of thing. But her background dictates something totally different. And so I didn't but I will it, say I'm, this in defense of the single mothers because I, I you know, I'm a new single mother. I'm a new single parent and we're gonna have a show on that. I I got about four shows out of this conversation here tonight. But <laughs> a single mother can only do what she can do. And once exactly. she's put into that situation, she can only respond the way that she can respond. We cannot ask her to bring something out of herself that she's incapable of doing because she's just not made out of that. The same thing and, and that's to say, I, though, and that my, and my child home, was born to both parents also, but but I, I became a single parent when he was five. But then again, I had eight brothers to take up where his dad had left off to, to show him that man to be around that man, to be around that positive man. It's but, but manhood. And that's a problem we run into as black boys and black men because everybody thinks they have a definition of what a man is. That's not a definition. It's not, a definition, not, of a, it's not a definition of a man. You understand? A man is what God made that was over woman. Woman was created from his rib. That's the only definition we have because every other definition, and, and, and I'm not trying to take over, but I want y'all to see from a a male perspective that I was raised by my mother. My father was a vet that was always in the um, veteran home, so I love my daddy very much. You understand? But I'm giving you a perspective of a young, uh, at that time, a young man growing up when I was that young between Tuscaloosa, Birmingham, Alabama, and Los Angeles, California. Different worlds. Tuscaloosa was slow, redneck like it is now. Worse you can get. Birmingham was in between, and uh, L.A. was turned all the way up. You understand? So gravitating between those three places. But as I was saying, there's no definition of a man. And in our quest trying to find what a real man is, we stay thrown off because everybody come up with these false definitions. You understand? In the church, we was taught a man do this, a man do that, a man do this. Okay, you taught me that by any means necessary. The enemy necessary, a man is going to support his family. Well, guess what? Why you start getting mad when they start discriminating with us on jobs and niggas start selling dope? Why you got mad? You said a man is supposed to support mm-hmm. his own and don't whine and cry. Then guess what we start doing? We can't get these jobs, mm-hmm. then guess what? We're going to create our own jobs. We can't feed our family. We're going to find a way to feed our own family. You understand? So it's all these different terms. We got the church brothers talking so strong and good in front of y'all. But behind y'all back, they telling us, it ain't what you do, son. It's how you do it. It's all right to have your one on the side that your main don't know about, but it's the way you got to do it. No, no, no. Yeah, but I'm, but I'm telling you. I'm telling you. 
I'm telling you what we taught. I'm telling you what the churches taught us. When mama wasn't looking and mama ill wasn't there. You understand what I'm saying? So when you're looking at these us young black men, us older black men, if you think confused, this is what we got it from. We learned all well, this from us. And we learned. We're going to go we're going to uh, get uh, last commercial to this show, and then I'm going to try to smile. This is like a hard, hard topic because it's raised up so many different others, but I'm going to try to go Empire after this commercial. Are you tired? Are you sick and tired? Are you just plain done? Well, that's where I am, and we're going to change things. Here on The Empire, we change by informing, organizing, and doing things that really make a difference. If you have an organization or a program that is for the betterment of the human experience, that's where we're going to start. To be a part of this movement, please contact me. I am the Empress Cooper on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or email me at EmpressCooperDavison at gmail.com. Or just hit me up on my website, www.TheEmpress.com, where the Empress speaks and the Empire listens. Listen, I know that change won't just happen overnight. But nobody's going to change this but us. Listen, I love that song, and I'm going to probably end the show with it. But we started out talking about an area that's being showcased, uh, for lack of better words, of what's happening everywhere. I think every one of the persons who spoke tonight brought absolute truth. I think Myra said that this is just like an unveiling of what's been going on. The sheets are just being pulled off. And, you know, I have all, my grandmother used to tell me if the whole truth got told, you know, you have to pull sheets off of everything, you are going to be shocked at how far up it goes. Because if you're not living in truth and transparency and honesty, it's go. It's gonna find you. Like karma has absolutely got the best GPS right now, because for every lie or every misrepresentation that is put out before a good two or three, you know, hours of circulation, something else comes back to undo that lie. You know, Freddie Green, Freddie Gray, Freddie Gray had a pocket knife in his pocket when he was uh, received to the hospital. And someone tried to take that and say that he, you know, had a knife and was at the police officer before the uh, video even came out. So every time that you try to complete some lie with another lie, understand that the truth doesn't need really proof. Sometimes it needs time. And this is this is this is what was said years ago. I posted um, even before I was born. Uh, 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 speaking at a church in, I think this was actually the church here in Birmingham, Alabama, might have been in Montgomery where uh, Martin Luther King had spoken. He was talking about the uh, Negro, because at that time that was okay to call us Negroes, the Negro having to try to uh, ask for and request the respect of uh, non-African-American people. And to an extent, you know, the law has been the tool to do that. 
Now we're at a point where we see that the tool is corrupt. The tool is not being used, and everything related to the tool, whether that's the media, the police department, government officials, and now you can say church and state is separate, but it's not. Uh, one of the things I did write down that I wanted to say about the church, because the church was has always been used. It was used in slavery times so that they can control what we knew whether or not you believe in Jesus or not, they knew what you knew because they told us what we could do and what we couldn't do. That's just the truth. Today, an organization where masses of black people and people of all races come together, and they're a powerhouse. And when, when, when we started this conversation, two things that Latay said that I had to write down was that the understanding of the elitist class is money and, and power. And in this instance, money and violence. And now that money doesn't matter because you, 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 you can't tell me that money won't make stuff happen that's just not supposed to, even if there are rules. I posted not two minutes before the show started, well, maybe two hours before the show started, where Rockefeller has received his ninth heart. Who in the hell? Like, I work in medicine, okay? I'm actually a, 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 a heart nurse. I work with transplants. I work with people who have heart issues. The workup itself for the average Joe is at least two or three years. And then you have to make sure that it's going to work. And there has always been a rule that if you've received a live transplant or you've received a donor, that there's a limit to the the type of donation that you get. Like you can get kidney after kidney, but you are not going to get no kidney. And you're going to get a heart. And you're going to get lungs over and over and over again. But this bastard then had it posted that he's able to have done this now for the eighth time. And the only thing that can't explain that is he's an elite. He has money. He has power. He has so much influence that he had surgery in his own freaking home. So they brought an entire operating conundrum into his home because he freaking 99 years old, but he got another heart. So if you think that the laws of New York City aren't the same with regard to heart transplant in other cities where that's regulated by the government, that they didn't have to bend some rules for that to happen, that for us to shut a freaking black man up who's complaining because he don't want to go to jail, that we don't just pump bullets in him, or uh, people who we don't want to see be able to compete legitimately with us, we're going to continue to show them how they are second class. I, When I saw this mom talking to her son, and I know where her love vessel was coming from. I know she was speaking from, I do not want my son dead, because that's all I saw. I mean, I, that could have easily have been me. Easily. But I also know that there is no way that in this instance that they meant that to be heroic. You watch what I tell you. Before long, someone's going to be pressing charges if they already haven't started to try to remove that child from that broken home already because the daddy is probably not there. And they're going to criminalize her for doing what they want to do. I mean, I posted the picture not, not long where someone had put the clip 
back-to-back of this particular mother that we're talking about who was trying to save her son from the riots, who is well past the point of physical punishment working because she was nearly as tall as he was. He was a, you know, a mini man. Actually, you know, I can't tell you what age a man is, but I can tell you he was not really listening to her. She had to hunt him down to get him to hear her. So all she did was embarrass him and remove any level of I'm trying to stand for the rights of this protest. But, you know, he was doing it in the wrong way. The instruction didn't come clear. But then not a year ago, a a black man present in his son's life, trying to take care of a, a, a discipline problem, got arrested and near, I don't even know if he lost his career or anything, but I don't think he did, but he has had to answer to the, uh, the, the charge of child abuse for whipping his child. And people, the same people, I wish they had that app on um, Facebook where you can see where people be contradicting their damn self. They was mad because he had whipped his child and left wept on him, but then they was okay with this mama nearly dragging her son on national TV. The only difference is is that they criminalized the man and they made a hero of the woman yet again. They're praising the separation of this man being in this woman's life enough to just say, you know, your son is down here clowning at this ride. I need you to come and get his little ass before I beat him on national TV. No, they show us again skull dragging somebody, acting like an angry, mad black woman again, and people, oh yeah, I would have done the same thing. Now, you can disagree with me because everybody has that option, but I know that the intent of her was not to embarrass her son, embarrass herself. It's probably smart that she stopped talking on national TV and stuff because they will start to use against her what she very well meant for good. They do. It is done all the time. They will twist your words. Even the the mayor, I think she's the mayor, or she may be the governor. I'm no, she's the mayor. She's the mayor of Baltimore, who said clearly that she wanted to give space for people to be separated, to get out of their systems, what they had in their systems, whether it was full or none, without anybody being hurt. They turned that into she didn't gave them space so that they can tear up the city. That is not what she meant. She did use the wrong words, but when you press somebody to say something in the midst of chaos, they'll say and do some things that are not characteristic, but when it's shown repeatedly, just like they showed the President of the United States saying that he was not uh, happy that people decided to protest and were lumped into the same group as the rioters, that the majority of the people who were there had a reason to protest because this was not a new issue, but they cut all of that interview down into like two minutes and repeatedly funneled that out that they are, uh, he was ashamed and that they were all rioting and that they were all an embarrassment. See, that you have to study to know a little bit before you start to speak for the masses. And my prayer is is that at least I don't I I don't think that any of our boys are forgotten. They're definitely not forgotten by their family. But Freddie Green's detail was not even as graphic. Like his death was not if you didn't 
processed it. You just, he looked just like a man who was being um, arrested and taken in who might have been, like, knocked out. But I could see from the way one foot was pointed out and the other that something had happened with his spine. And his head was tilted all the way to the side the entire time he was being carted off. Anybody in law enforcement or medicine understood that with those types of ideas, and let me tell you something else. This is what pisses me off is because people want to act like the police are just there to protect us, but if you look in any state, any city, any ordinance for persons who carry uh, the weight of being uh, protection for the their, their, a set of people, they have to know basic life support. It's a requirement. They are supposed to understand when someone is in dire need of help and give that to them first. They are to act as if they are the first line of protection of life and death, not just in protection. And we have accounts after accounts where even the man who choked uh, Eric Garner to death, he said, it's in one of the documents, I'm not giving him mouth to mouth. Now, you're going to take an oath that says that you're going to Give life if it's needed, or you just get a choice because you're in uniform that you're going to wipe somebody, suffocate to death. Somebody telling you over nine times that I'm dead. And see, this is the thing. None of these lately deaths have been with weapons, have been with, with force. We can go all the way back to Trayvon. He had a freaking snack. Eric Garner had a loose cigarette. Uh, um, um, Walter Scott had nothing but his feet. And now we have Freddie Gray, who is dead, and people want to act as if, but if he hadn't run away. After a while, it's going to get to a point where you can't do nothing but succumb and, uh, and, and comply just like a slave. And I, I can't I can't help but say that we, we've even made it to where we have to give extra special rules for our boys when they're out and about. And I pray, I thank God that my kids are not even old enough to drive without me or another adult. They can not drive but be with someone because they're they're youngsters. But I got coworkers who have sons who just went to prom or who are routinely pulled over if they're in a certain area because they drive nice cars or they have these little rights, I need you to call my mom, or they have they have them iPads hooked up in their car so that if they're stopped, that they can immediately record everything that's occurring in the car. These are the means that we're having to go through just to assure that we can capture, hopefully, the event of our rights being, you know, violated. And even in that, we have captured in this year alone 13 deaths due to the police on video. And there has yet to be a conviction. The only conviction that really came was at a trial where a white officer decided to shoot a black girl in the face, and we're not even counting girls in those statistics yet. Let me tell you another thing, and I ain't Miss Cleo, but I ain't been wrong yet. Once they start killing the women, some shit going to change. I'm just telling you. And I'm just saying because for a long time, women have been in the role 
out of place in the authority of the black family. We have been out of place, but we have had to be out of place. Not that we don't want no man. We had that show. We want to be in place, but we have had to act as if we are the authoritative uh, uh, head in our community. When they start doing this blah, blah, blah to females, the shit going to change, okay? I'm just trying to tell you. And we're well past too late because you cannot have a black future without a black man. You cannot have a black child without a black man. You can have a black woman all day long, but you cannot have a black family without a black man. That is the, that's what I'm needing for you all to hear. And whether or not they're incarcerating us, or incarcerating us or they're taking us to jail and then bringing us back out and not giving us the ability to be providers for our home or they're killing us in the street, we are dying. And it's not a coincidence that it is the black man that is the focus. And we've gotten so far to the average age of these boys are in their 20s, okay? That's when they start having babies anyway. Now, imagine wiping out all of the baby-making ability and all we got is a bunch of guys who are at the end of their life who see no future, who have no no children. Got men already choosing not to have none. They don't want to be married. They don't want to have children. Life is too hard. And, you know, it's almost I, I, I don't blame some men because this world is cruel to them. It's cruel to us all. But in particular, black men, we need black men to understand that all it's going to take is one strong man head to change the way this world is functioning for us, and it is absolutely capable of being done. I'm going to tag you all to some things that you need to uh, read and just think about. Again, not trying to change your mind about what you think should happen, but what is happening right now is that the black man is on, on target. And even with video feed of their murders, the murderers are still happening. Something's got to change. I hope you learn to make it on your own And if you let yourself just know you'll never be alone I hope that you get everything you want and that you chose I hope that it's the realest thing that you ever know Hope you get the pretty girls that's pretty at everything Million dollar cribs having million dollar dreams And when you get it all just remember one thing Remember one thing That one man could change the world could change the world All I, all I wanted was a hundred million dollars and a bad chick Imagine this a Muslim nights, it felt like that I had it Back on the mattress, staring at the ceiling, trying to connect the dots But it's all making those attachments I'm talking dreaming so hard, some nights it felt like draft day You know, my my stepbrother used to flip them bags outside the crib like it was trash day. No Kim K, buddy, bag yeah, yeah. But when you get it fast, money slow down, don't crash. With all the drive in the world, swear you still need gas. Look, 
think about it. Close your eyes, dream about it, tell your team about it. Go make million dollar schemes about it. Success is on the way, I feel it in the distance. Used to look up at the stars and be like, ain't too much that's different. I be shining, they be shining. Get your one shot, don't you miss it. What you know about waking up every day like you on a mission? And I hope you learn to make it on your own. And if you love yourself, just know you'll never be alone. I hope that you get everything you want and that's what chose. I hope and that's the realest thing that you ever know. Hope you get the pretty girls, the prettier everything. Million dollar careers have a million dollar dreams And when you get it all, just remember one thing Remember one thing One man could change the world One man could change the world My grandma told me if you write your name in stone You'll never get the white out I grinded out that black hole and performed up at the White House Standing next to Jim Carrey We traded stories and laughed I said you're not the only one I know Got rich wearing masks Where I'm from I swear they broke They need way more than the cash We need more than what you have And then we need more than that But how am I supposed to say I'm tired If that girl from West Virginia Came up in conditions that I could survive Went to war, came back alive On top of that became a female black captain When being black you had the extra extra try Way before James Brown made us proud She bought a crib on the same street as Marvin Gaye Right there on Ida Drive And she taught me how to drive And she raised the kids Then the kids' kids And she did it right Taught me how to love Taught me not to cry When I die I hope you teach me how to fly All my life you've been that angel in disguise And I hope you learn to make it on your own If you love yourself Just know you'll never be alone I hope that you get everything you want And that you chose I hope that it's the realest thing That you ever know I hope you get the pretty girls As pretty as everything Million dollar cribs have a million dollar dream When you get it all, just remember one thing Remember one thing That one man can change the world One man can change the Are you tired? Are you sick and tired? Are you just plain done? Well, that's where I am, and we're going to change things. Here on The Empire, we change by informing, organizing, and doing things that really make a difference. If you have an organization or a program that is for the betterment of the human experience, that's where we're going to start. To be a part of this movement, please contact me. I am The Empress Cooper on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or email me at EmpressCooperDavison at gmail.com. Or just hit me up on my website, www.TheEmpress.com, where The Empress speaks and The Empire listens. Listen, I know that change won't just happen overnight. But nobody's going to change this but us.